Hello there. and it was happening i think um except then i was watching it like online because i didn't have that it was like on one of those uh special disney channels or something so um right <laughs> yeah if you're if you're starting from the beginning then uh then it for me it like took a little while i mean like that first i think it's the first episode where like uh kanan they're like hunk they're like hunkered down getting shot at by stormtroopers and then um, Kanan says like something and he like puts the pieces together of the lightsaber and then he comes out and they're like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Totally, he's like, uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, everyone's about to see the secret now kid. And then he just like throws his lightsaber together and jumps out. And the stormtroopers are just in shock that like they're witnessing a, a Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Which, it's one of the best we, moments of, um, rebels and Kanan is like, he becomes such an awesome character you know Ezra to me like always like started annoying and remained annoying through the whole thing and it's I think it's like well, he, I mean he's almost I'd appreciate the, if you don't don't spoil rebels right, I'm not me. gonna spoil anything <laughs> I'm just I'm not gonna spoil it I thought you had gotten to the fight with Ahsoka I, I later though again spoiled so you just watched like every plot point on YouTube without watching the show Pretty much, which leads us to uh, introducing the introducing the show, because uh, you're already about thirty seconds in. You're welcome to the Wampa Diaries. Uh, <laughs> my name is Nick Einsman. I am joined by my cousin and co-host Richie DeRuvo. Yep, the first going, entry of the Wampa Diaries. First entry. It's been a, a long time coming, and I'm glad to finally be here. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so if you haven't gathered already, this show is a Star Wars podcast because we have been fighting about Star Wars my entire life, um, and probably longer than that. That being said, we've uh, decided to put our differences aside and just finally come together and, and talk about our love and hate relationship of the Star Wars universe, which is pretty damn cool, I may say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much fighting about it we really... Have we that much disagreeing really on it I, don't I, I would say when the last jedi came out for like a week i thought it was really good did you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i like tried hiding it uh and he just like gave me a bunch of crap for it um i don't remember that that's probably I true i've i've <laughs> given up on trying to you know change people's minds about that if, if you like any star wars related that i don't like then that's fine that's good i wish i could like the last jedi but i can't and uh you know it's it's one of those things at this point that i just have to accept that it unfortunately is part of the star wars universe and yeah. that's yeah. that's fine you know it's it's like putting lipstick on a pig but it's star yeah. wars we can get into that later because yeah, uh, yeah. i was thinking a little it's bit about that yesterday uh when i was watching some other star wars content oh well uh before we get into that we should probably just give a little backstory on you know how long we've been watching star wars some of our fondest star wars moments and memories uh i mean you've you've had you've dived into this universe a little bit more than i have uh so if you want to take this away by all means uh yeah well 
uh, the, I mean, I've been around longer than you have. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, you know, like my, I don't remember a time when there was not like star Wars in my life. So it's hard for me to like pinpoint, um, like my first star Wars memory. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure my, the earliest thing I remember with star Wars was being, uh, it was Christmas and we were at, obviously you would have been there. And they were watching Return of the Jedi uh, on on TV or whatever. It was on the TV. Um, yeah. So, and I remember seeing Luke do the flip up in the air and grab the lightsaber and ignite it in the uh, famous sail barge scene. And I remember like seeing that. I think that was like the earliest thing I ever remember. Star. I had no idea what it was. I was like a very young child, you know. And then I remember, yeah. uh, you know seeing that and um and then the toys obviously i remember i've like always had star wars toys you know even yeah, when you guys, you guys always had like the coolest ships like the coolest ships and just like figures that i never like would have imagined were actually figures like i remember you guys having a or you having like a tie fighter pilot figure yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and just being so incredibly jealous that like i only got like jedis and like just variations of chewbacca i never got like variations i think i had a <laughs> i think i had a vader figure and that was it like i didn't have boba like nothing like that <laughs> dude even when i was like young like really young and i was like you know i remember having star wars toys that were you know, like right. I didn't even know right. if I knew what I was playing with. And recently, uh, my mom gave us like the bin of all of them. Like I have them now in my basement. All those toys you're talking about. Like I have the Millennium Falcon in there, the X-Wing uh. in there. I have like the TIE Fighter. I have Bib Fortuna in there. Like that's amazing. <laughs> you know, like just weird stuff, you know, uh, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. I don't remember a time where there was not there wasn't star wars yeah, where there wasn't star wars it's it's like kind of weird you know no i i hear that i mean my earliest memory uh, and i remember actually fighting like friends parents about this was my parents i think you were with us um when they did the re-releases of the original trilogy in the theater um the only memory of that i have is the scene like it's it's in a new hope and it's r2 it, it's when r2 and 3po first get to tatooine and mm -hmm. i like forever have that burned in my brain of r2 like saying something to 3po about like how they need to go this way and i just have that like i can see the theater i can see that you know and i remember fighting like my friend eddie's like grandpa about me seeing star wars in the yeah. theater he's like came out in the 70s I'm like no i saw it like four years ago <laughs> yeah well what's really interesting about that is um you know, I'm going to be like a uh, hipster about it. But like I was I remember having the VHS movies like before, like all my friends in school and, and when, when I was like very young, didn't weren't in a Star Wars until the special editions released in 1997. Right, right. And I remember like I had the VHS or my parents had the VHS, you know, before that. And I was watching it like long before the special editions came out. You know, I knew all that stuff before the special editions came out. And even in school, there were only like one or two kids who like, I have a specific memory of being in like my art class and I was probably in, well, 
thinking of what school it was, I would have been in like the third grade. And I remember um, a kid had a Darth Vader mug that he kept like his, his like, you know, that he'd, like wash his brushes in, you know? Yeah. And like, and I remember being like, Oh, you like star Wars. And he was like, yeah. And like, we were talking about star Wars and at this like round table of seven kids, we were the only ones who like, who actually knew what it was, knew yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, but then when the special editions came out, which is what you're talking about and they were re-released in theaters, then everybody was like into it again. And, oh, yeah. um, and everybody like it, and then every kid was a Star Wars fan that I went to school with and all that. And I remember seeing Return of the Jedi, the re-release of Return of the Jedi with my mom and a family friend. And I remember them being like weirded out and upset over like the additions. And to me, I guess it wasn't with me long enough that I cared. That Yeah, about, that you really knew what it was. Yeah, to me, I was like a kid. Were. I wasn't analyzing it from that perspective. Right, right. Which is, it's funny because like now that we've obviously like grew up with this universe and we've like searched for those original editions like why why would this happen you know what i mean yeah. like it's one of those things that like when i look at like my brother's generation like he's also grown up with star wars but he's only grown up with like the greedo shooting first cut or just like right. the ridiculous cgi editions that have been made into jabba's palace you know so it, it's interesting in a, a generational like perspective of how things have changed and like mm-hmm. the the changes that we've kind of been forced to not accept but live with um, now, i know what you mean even with on disney plus you know they have the blu-ray versions right. and i'm not about the blu-ray versions i'm all about the um the i'm all about the 2005 dvd version <laughs> like i'm all oh, about yeah. that <laughs> i like hayden christensen's ghost being in it because to me like that's my version of anakin skywalker you know mm-hmm. And I, but the Blu-ray versions, I noticed, I never watched them until Disney Plus because I knew that they changed certain things again. And I saw the changes on YouTube and stuff. And I was like, these are stupid. But um, even watching the Disney Plus uh, versions of like the prequels and the originals, like they changed, they did this weird color grading on a lot of them. And they changed like, like the if you watch Phantom Menace, the color grading is different. Like it's really oversaturated, and yeah. it's really it's, weird. It's like very, very. It like hurts your eyes to watch, especially it's when you're so on, vibrant. Right, right. Especially like scenes when they're on Tatooine, like the scene where Maul is chasing down Qui Gon. Like you can really just see that. Like if you put the the original, I think what Phantom Menace came out in two thousand one. 1999. 1999. If you put the 1999 edition next to what's now on Disney Plus, like even just the sand is so much more bright. And you're you're right. You know, it, it really does hurt your eyes. And it's one of those things that I think, uh, unfortunately, we're going to see a lot more of in the next next couple of years. You know, especially with Disney now owning uh, pretty much everything. Well, not pretty much, but everything that is a, a Star Wars uh, well, content. Curious. I'm curious if it has more to do with the, uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with Disney because the Blu-ray releases came out before Disney. And from what I've, when I understand the changes to the colors are made on the Blu-ray version. And I don't know if it was because like they're trying to change the format from, you know, 1999 from like film and partially digital to 4k, but it's like, you look at the scenes on Naboo with like all the trees and like the lush forests and like the green is so bright. 
it actually like washes out some details. It's really weird. It's like really huh. weird. Well, you know, it's 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 funny that you bring up the uh, the prequels because you know before we started recording, we were talking about how you just binged all of the <laughs> all of the prequels yesterday. So, yeah. Well, I um I didn't intend to sit down and watch like <laughs> every prequel, but <laughs> but the I don't uh, think anyone ever does. No one ever does. <laughs> but. Uh, I watched Clone Wars more than once, you know, the two new episodes. And I was like, these are so good. I have not felt like this since watching a one of the prequels from like when I was a kid. I have not. Yeah. Like when we went to go see them in the theaters. Yeah. As they were like freshly coming out. Exactly. Like this, like those episodes made me feel like a kid. And I was like, I have to like ride this uh wave so i uh i put on this wave of nostalgia <laughs> yeah exactly so like i put on um phantom menace uh, at like four o'clock or something and then it just like one thing led to to the next and next thing i knew it was like midnight and episode three was ending i was like what a wild ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's always something just to kind of like rewatch those movies honestly i don't remember the last time i even watched phantom menace i um, dude i thoroughly like enjoy phantom menace now i think it's my favorite prequel really yeah and it wasn't uh like i never did until um my buddy tom who you know from the the groomsman group uh like pretty much pitched me all of these uh points about it and i'm like and it was when we, i first met him and i'm like is this guy an idiot or like you know like, <laughs> is this guy an idiot or is this guy brilliant or what and then is he a little bit of both <laughs> I, I don't had no idea so i'm like all right so like and then i rewatched it with like some of the points that he pointed out and i'm like you know that's not you know so i don't know if it was like time that healed you know, Heal my gripes with it yeah. or what he told me or a little bit of both. And for all I know, he could like still be being sarcastic about the whole thing. I have no idea, but yeah, and he might have just, like, like all into his it trip really is like, I really enjoy it. There's not as much, uh, CGI as like people claim there is like a lot of the, um, there's a lot of sets and, and miniatures and like, it's like a very charming movie to me. It's there's something about it. I really, really right, enjoy. Right. I mean, if, if you look at, you know what George Lucas was trying to do. He was really just trying to tell the story that he had started, you know, 30, 40 years plus um, before that, you know, it was one of those things that it does have a lot of great, like people hold a lot of grudges against that movie. But at the same time, like if you look at the timeline from when new hope was released to phantom menace, that's what 45 years, 30 no, years. No, they just came up on 40th anniversary two years ago. So at that point was so 1999, yeah. 77 to 99. So it was 22 yeah, it's like years, a 20, 22 years. You know, that's 22 years of lore and a, a, a fan base really cultivating and, and creating its own universe based off of three movies that, you know, once empire strikes back, you know, people were like, well, how can George top this? You know, how can the next Star Wars movie top it? Right. Well, um, nothing like, like they nothing did ever. No, but, no, but, but that's part of the problem, isn't it? Is that, you know, like our parents, you know, or the generation before us, they had the original trilogy for two decades. Right. right. And then these like new movies came and, uh, 
were totally different, right? They're a completely different style, completely different look, completely different everything. Um, not to mention they're probably different than the stories that like super fans came up with in their heads. Um, but it was for the next generation of fans. Next generation. You know? but it, it wasn't until like we started going to celebration that I realized, wow, there are people who that, that those movies were, were people's first experience with exposure to star wars well i mean think about it this way like if if our parents you know if our collective family didn't show us the original trilogy would we have been within that generation that like only knew the prequels as star wars you know and then watching you know you see now the youtube videos of like kids react to vader finding out or uh, finding out that vader is luke's father would we have been in that generation you know what i mean like if it's if some off chance, if your mom or my mom or like didn't show us those movies, we would very, very well could have fallen into that category. Well, we probably so, would have. And what's interesting is like you're talking about videos, YouTube videos of like reactions, right? People's first, those are always like fun to watch. But I'll tell you what's a really interesting thing to look up. And there's not a lot of videos on YouTube about it, but there are some are people who instead of watching the originals first, which I still think is the right way to watch them, but people who, you know, like kids whose parents showed them the prequels first, right? They showed them episodic order one, one through nine or whatever. And kids who had no idea, nothing about it. And the big revelation is Anakin becoming Darth Vader. Vader. Yeah. And there's like several videos of like kids watching episode three. And when Anakin like gets down, and kneels before the emperor and the emperor says, you know, you'll, henceforth you'll be known as Darth Vader. People are like, what? And they start freaking out. Yeah, losing their mind. Well, yeah, it, that is their like big revelation. <laughs> it's like so Well, I bizarre. definitely think that, you know, at some point, you know, in a, in a future episode, we should really go over like what, how you should be showing your kids, like what way, what way is the, the right way of doing it? You know, neither of us have children. I don't see either of us having children for quite some time, but that being said, I'm sure we can, you know, talk to some people that have had their kids watch star Wars, what orders they're having them watch them. You know, what's the best way to introduce this, this it's universe. always going to be four five and six for me. I mean, like I have friends who do have kids and I was actually like fortunate enough to be like allowed to expose uh, <laughs> them to star Wars. And I remember, um, when I did, I was like, I'm not starting with the prequels. I don't no. care. And I put, you know, a new hope on, and these two kids, one at the time, I think was five or six. And the other was like eight or nine or something. And like, they sat there with like their mouths hanging open, like watching this movie with outdated special effects. Um, you know, weird, you know, like a, a weird film look to it right didn't, yeah, like weird, didn't look like puppets, didn't look like marvel know? movies where it was like shiny and clean right and they sat there like completely silent and enamored and then could not wait to see what happened next, next. and it's like the themes that run through the original trilogy are just themes that are like ingrained in society from from one from when we're born, you know, from like thousands of years ago, you know, like the same themes that run in the original Star Wars trilogy, really right, the whole saga, right. it's just like Greek mythos. You know what I mean? Like people have been telling this story in different ways for thousands of years. Well, and it, that's why it doesn't age. That's why it has lasted 40 plus four years. years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it's funny. I'm actually going to go back to a, a point you brought up 
earlier, you know, the 20 plus years or the 20 some odd years between New Hope and uh, Phantom Menace, you know, these super fans had had come up with their own stories and, you know, those stories had become canon with um, and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at those super fans and look at who's running Star Wars and who's telling the new Star Wars movies, you know, perfect example is we can go both sides of the coin here love him or hate him jj abrams you know and what he's done for the new saga or you know you can go to the opposite side of the coin which is dave filoni who's widely accepted as one of the greatest star wars storytellers of all time yep and which I'm part of that <laughs> yeah agreed group. agreed you know and, and that leads us to the clone wars and and the the quote-unquote final season where we are now um you know like you said when i watched the last two episodes i texted my buddy jack and i was like hey like stop what you're doing and watch like this this latest episode and he's like now like i've got survivor to watch it's like dude stop <laughs> just that's just what i did to my brother that's what i did to yeah. joe you know i was like you have to watch this and he's like oh no and you know next thing you know i mean that that episode 10 you know i watched episode 9 last week and i was like wow that was awesome that's really good yeah you know but then episode 10 i started episode 10 at 9 30 at night on friday right okay then I called my brother and said, you got to watch these last two episodes. And he like fought me on it. And I'm like, you've got to watch these two episodes. He watched them. And while he was watching the two, I watched the two of them again, <laughs> nine and 10 back to back. And, um, and then he called me. Right. And I started nine 30 at night. We were up until like at midnight, almost talking about, about it. You know, like the, these last two episodes were like, the most star Wars thing in years. And to me, episode 10, it, I wasn't sure the first time I watched it, it wipes the floor, it it wipes the floor with Mandalorian. And, and and agreed, you know, this, and to be honest, if you haven't just hold on backtrack, this is a star Wars podcast. There's going to be spoilers. You know, if you're not okay with spoilers and you might want to big time, (laughs) <laughs> and and really watch the the last couple episodes of uh clone wars that's on disney plus um but yeah no i mean this just seeing the depth of and, and one of my all-time favorite characters of star wars is darth maul um but we'll get into that a little bit later um you know just seeing the actual fear of maul oh, when yeah. he's captured by ahsoka and and her troops um well the fear you know, even before then i mean like oh yeah he sweats sidious so much it's like it's like crazy he, he's just terrified of the situation that's coming he says he wants to like thrive in the chaos of the aftermath and but you I don't see, buy that for a second he's terrified of it yeah he's terrified yeah. of of it and if you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about the impending order 66 right um, so the the timeline for the the current clone wars series is you know honestly hours before order 66 is given yes um you know so we we left off with ahsoka capturing maul on mandalore it's the siege of mandalore there are clone troops um that are led by ahsoka tana and and commander rex at this point because he's now promoted to a commander which we'll get into in a minute um you know and they are on mandalore because Maul is, you know, he now runs Mandalore. He's the the ruler of Mandalore that goes back to previous seasons of Clone Wars. Um, and they are dispatched to Mandalore to catch him. 
um, you know, and re-seize Mandalore as the Mandalorian planet and put a Mandalore ruler back on, on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really see just how much of a fight Maul's putting up. He has a backup plan of how to run. He's told the syndicate leaders of Crimson Dawn to go into hiding. Like, Which you, I don't know if you noticed, not to cut you off, that Dryden Voss from Solo was one of the syndicate leaders he was yes, talking to. Yes, I did see yep. that. And there was uh, a pike there, too. Yep. It took me a minute to, I actually had to rewatch that uh, to kind of figure out to really see that that was Dryden. But it it was one of those things that like, it's like, oh, Maul's, he talks a big game, but he's terrified. You know, he is one of those guys that like, He's been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny that... And he loves <laughs> telling to, people that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, that's like his MO. It's like, I was here from the beginning. Yeah, we know. But, like, yeah. and where you are. Yeah, And you keep butchering your own... You know, he needs to just, like, go... I don't know. He's, like, so smart, but at the same time... He, he's very arrogant. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that he has a lot of book smarts. Uh, he knows how to play the game. Um, but the problem is he unfortunately is just one of those characters that was written to fail. Well, um, it's just like, you know, I mean, it's even before Freddie Prince just said it on, um, some interview he was in, but, and anybody who like really knows, Star Wars lore knew this to begin with, but he is Oedipus from Greek mythology. Exactly. He's destined to push the boulder up the hill only to get to the top. And then it rolls back down down, over him again. And he does it for eternity. You know, he gets so close every time, every every time. Yeah. And then it just, the ground falls out from underneath him. That's just like, that's just part of the plan. That's, that's his destiny. Right. right. And it, it's just interesting too, you know, you said the Dryden Voss, you know, for those who have seen solo, um, that don't haven't refused to actually watch it. You know, we see such Maul. a great star Wars. It, movie. it is, it's phenomenal star Wars movie. Um, you know, it shows that at some point or another mall, obviously comes out of hiding crimson dawn comes out of hiding and that they if you do didn't it, already know that if you didn't, yeah, if you didn't already know that, uh, you know, they do have, at least some form of control and they do have an operation that is running that is clearly feared. Uh, and we see that in the characters of solo and you see that in the characters of, uh, of Lando. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that we obviously know Maul is going to escape the Republic and the grasp of the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think right now the the question is, how is that going to happen? What's going to happen with Rex? You know, what's going to happen with Ahsoka? How is Ahsoka going to escape the grasp of the Chancellor and Vader? Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, Lord Sidious and Vader. Um, and I think that's, that's a topic for for hot debate. Um, you know, a lot of people are on the internet like, oh, how's Rex going to handle this? Blah, blah, blah. And a good point that I've kind of realized is they've made it very clear that Ahsoka is not a part of the grand army, grand Imperial army anymore. Uh, you know, and she tells the clones, like, you don't have to call me commander. Like I am no longer a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which will, if we want to hop into the inhibitor chips conversation, we can do that now. Um, I have, I, I, (laughs) can we kind of like start, let's, can we start from the beginning of, uh, these two episodes of nine and 10? I mean, like, Oh yeah. Is it nine and 10 or is it eight and nine? I'm lost now. Uh, I think it's nine and 10. I've been saying nine and 10. I think, let me pull up the old, uh, uh, the old Disney plus app on the phone. Look, I mean, one of the coolest things is the, the first 
of these last two um, is called Old Friends Not Forgotten, which is obviously referring to Ahsoka, right? Um, right. And, and Anakin. Um, it is 9 and 10. It is 9 and 10. So yeah. at the beginning of 9, it's called Old Friends Not Forgotten. And they uh, they must have done it on purpose. Um, and I don't even know if you realize this. You might be like too young to know this. But um, the Lucasfilm logo that comes up, that really just like cheap looking green standard like aerial lettering that just says Lucasfilm LTD production mm-hmm. is the that was the Lucasfilm logo on the old like theatrical releases of Star Wars before it was like the fancy I would have never I would have never picked up on that. I remember yeah. that logo, but I honestly would not have like Well, I'm assuming they did that because of the whole old friends not forgotten thing. And I was like, oh, that was a cheap move as Luke Skywalker would say. I was like um, like that. That's cool that they did that. Well, I mean, as a it, fan. It's, yeah, and it's one of those things that like, and this is the the age old rebuttal to people saying that Clone Wars is a children's show, um, because they no no child would have gotten that reference. Well, no. that leads me right <laughs> into the first thing about Episode Nine that I was like, "This is amazing!" Is that that battle on the bridge? it comes in and it's like immediately right from the get go. You see a, not that it's plot related, but the animation is such a step up from what it has ever been. You can tell that these episodes are the ones they created more recently. Right. And um, you can, it's like the, the darker shading really shows shading, like detail. Yeah, the edges aren't quite as sharp on the models and stuff like that. Um, but it's violent. It's like super violent and, I mean, the opening That's scene, hard. we see a, a missile coming down and it, you, you see Cody pretty much just like accepting the fact that he's going to get hit with a rocket. Yes. And then what happens? <laughs> the rocket ends up like exploding and he looks up and it has like the hero shot of Obi-Wan, right? Where the camera is panning and he's it's just such an awesome shot and it has the right. music swells and it's like, oh, man, this is awesome. And it looks so good it looks so good and you know there's a, a a level of content that has definitely stepped up you know there's clones that are now accepting the fact that they're going to die they're realizing that like maybe these jedi aren't exactly the end-all be-all of knowledge um you know we start to see anakin's like arrogance really shine through and again this this even though his plan worked yeah, his plan works, but like, think about the way that he talked to Obi Wan after it worked. It's like, oh, well, your level of like, uh, I think it was patheticness or whatever he said to Obi Wan, something like, like real, that, yeah, really sold, sold the the surrender thing, and like, just the the cockiness that you see in the animation, like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that is very much geared to people that understand what is about to come. Yeah, but that banter um, was always there between the two of them through the whole series and even in episode two and Attack of the Clones, you know, in the movie, it, I mean, like, that's their relationship is that yeah, banter. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree to an extent, but I think, I don't know, for, for me personally, I just kind of see more of a... Disrespect almost. Disrespect almost. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost just like he... He's playing into being the chosen one, which we'll get into when we That's get into really episode 10. Because yeah. um, Ahsoka talks to Maul about Skywalker. And one of the things oh, yeah. that they bring up is, yep. is Skywalker the chosen one? You know, which is he supposed to bring balance to the force? And one of the lines that very much stuck out to me was Maul was he, he like 
calmly said no to destroy it you know and that really gives this whole another layer of depth to, to maul and ahsoka to not realizing how honestly in, insignificant they are in the grand scheme of things yeah um you know anybody here, really yeah exactly here here are yeah anybody you know with the exception of obi-wan and, and yoda who obviously years later trained luke but you well, know, it's kind of interesting you know that you're saying that because maul kind of understands that doesn't he you know he's like saying throughout this whole episode over and over to different people like this is about to happen and he is sure it's going to happen. You know, there's no, like there's no chance of Anakin not turning to the dark side. Oh, you no, know what I'm saying no. like Sidious was so positive. He can make it happen that Maul knew about it. Like, you know, well, Maul knew, I guess from the vision. Right. But I mean, the, the order, order 66 and the destruction of the Jedi, that plan was so like perfectly played and so well yeah. laid out that, Oh yeah. Like no one was going to, no one saw no, it coming. Well, no one was going to stop it, you know, right. Right. no one was going to be able to stop it. Um, but you know, and, and that plays into the whole thing of how, you know, they did a great job of showing in, in episode 10 that, uh, Hey, you know, the only person we know that knew who Darth, this Darth Sidious is, was Dooku, was Dooku. and yeah. Anakin just killed him. So now we'll never know. Yeah. And so. I like when they first said that, I was like, I felt so stupid. Cause I was like, how have I watched episode three and since never 2005? Realized. Yeah. And never realized, never realized that. And Did never that realized that when, that yeah. when Palpatine is like, Oh, kill him, that he's, he's making him kill Dooku because he's like, that's his insurance to make sure that, yeah, exactly. that the next couple of the next couple of plays that he has up his sleeve work out, you know, exactly. And, and it's funny. Like, cause that, yeah. That line do it has become a meme. You know, with people like sending it in gifts on Facebook yeah, comments, but and it's almost like, that. like a desperate plea. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, and I don't think until this Friday, when episode ten released, that people really understood and really grasped that line and how much weight that held. You know, and I'm sure there's some super fans like, oh yeah, I, I understood that as they well, showed. Sure plenty of people who did, but oh yeah, but at the same time, us. no, definitely not us. But I have to believe that there's a huge group of people that also had this realization where it's like oh anakin no 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 like you just killed the one thing that it would have been a long shot but the one thing that could have put this turn the tides you know yeah like what if dooku like in that moment when anakin was holding the lightsaber at his throat was like Palpatine is the Sith. <laughs> like right yeah. then in there. <laughs> like as he was getting killed, like right before the saber, yeah, like exactly. Neck, you know, like yeah. but we'll never know. You know, it's not like they're gonna do a, a what if series like Marvel's doing, uh like with Dooku saying that. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like and I'm sure there'll be speculation, and I'm sure there's someone that's writing something that, you know, goes into detail and what if Dooku said that at the last minute. Um, but it's it's so cool to really fill in this, these blanks of order 66 in the aftermath and the kind of what other characters that we've now, you know, watched develop what they were doing when the order was given like Rex, you know, we, we finally got echo back, uh, you know, we're seeing, and, and Ahsoka is now with clones. Now we know what Ahsoka was doing, you know, besides, yep. their, uh, you know, we know that with books that are written that, 
Rex and Ahsoka got got to safety, but we didn't know. Right, we don't really know how that how. happened. Which well, which we're about to find out, right? We, yeah. uh, I would imagine the next episode is going to be Order sixty six. But even talking about what what you're saying with Ahsoka, um, she it's so cool to see her um, end up like leading these clones in, in the end of episode nine. You know, when she's like leading them through the tunnels, and she's you know, fighting off the Mandalorians, you know, and that when they first land on Mandalorian, she goes down, she's fighting Mandalorian. She's leading the clones and she's like totally, a totally different Ahsoka from when we left her or when she left us in, you know, seasons ago. Right. Yeah, she, and it's, she is like such a bad bitch, right? Like, can we curse on this? Sure. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> uh, so like, she's so bad and she's like earned this moment yeah you know she's earned I mean? this like, moment and she she also even holds she's like earned a, these episodes you oh, know yeah. what i mean like and she's she, earned this confrontation against darth maul and yeah. it makes sense how she holds her own and, and she it's so holds, awesome to see right and, and she holds another layer a layer of a uh, layer <laughs> layer of uh of caution that we wouldn't have saw if she hadn't have left the the jedi order you know we we definitely see her like you said she, she's now a badass she's a complete badass um you know and this is not talking about anything that's happened in Rebels, but, you know, in these four episodes that she's been back, you know, she really shows that, like, just how much damage the Jedi really did to her and how much distrust she has and seeing that yep. other people also hold this distrust. You know, she doesn't have the the wool over her eyes of the Jedi Order. Um you know, and I think that's again another spoiler here, and I think that's why that very brief hesitation where Maul offers for her to join her, join him to, to take down Sidious. I think that's why we saw that that hesitation, you know, because she's starting to really get onto that level of there really is no good, there really is no bad. It's just one of those things that there needs to be a balance, which we'll eventually we'll see as she leads to the gray, you know, where she isn't a Jedi, she isn't a Sith, she's just Ahsoka, and she's just one with the Force. Yeah, well, I'm not going to stand by like the gray comment because gray Jedi don't exist and they never will. And they never have. And <laughs> well, I think so. what I mean more by the gray is she's not taking a side. Um, you know, she obviously leans heavily towards the light. I wouldn't side. say she doesn't take a side. Mm. I mean, like she's literally, well, you are behind it. I, I am a hard rebel. So as I get further into that and, if you want to crucify me on that on social media, go ahead. Uh, I have no problem with that. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, if we had this fight with Maul and Ahsoka in season four or the, the season prior to Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order, we there wouldn't be that hesitation. You know, the wool would still be over her eyes, uh, you know, and... She honestly wouldn't be able to hold her own against this fight, you know, against Maul. No, no, I don't think she'd be able to hold her own. I mean, she's become so much stronger, like in her independence. You know what I mean? From the Jedi and from Anakin and having to survive on her own. I think she's become I mean, she when when she lands, one of the really interesting points I actually wanted to talk about. And this is like a perfect uh, little segue is that when she lands on the ship, Anakin is like a little kid. He's like so excited to see her. And she's like on point. She's like on a mission. She's and she's very like to the point. She's very crass, not crass, but she's um, very goal oriented. She knows what she's yeah, yeah. She knows what she's like there to do. She's not all like 
you know, pumped up on adrenaline like Anakin is to see her. And, um, well, I think, you know, what you're saying about like the wool pulled over her eyes is so perfect because if, you know, had this fight happened two or three seasons ago, whenever it was before she left the order, um, not only would Maul have wiped the floor with her, but she would have been fighting Maul because she's a Jedi and he's Maul. And now she's fighting Maul because, you know, Maul wants something with Anakin, right? Yeah, she's, like she's it's fighting much more defend. personal. Yeah, she's fighting to defend someone that she holds as a brother, you know, that she she thinks of as a brother and like a, mm-hmm. a friend of hers. But it, it's funny that you bring up the you know, how Anakin reacted to seeing Ahsoka because just look at the character of Anakin Skywalker. Like he is, unfortunately, as we know, he is very much clouded by emotions. He doesn't really think things through to the point where Obi or to the the counterpoint where, where Obi-Wan is very cautious of uh, letting Ahsoka back in, you know, and it's not because he doesn't trust her, but it's because he has such a blind faith in the Jedi order. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, yeah. think about and, to the point if if Maul's plan worked, and for some reason Obi Wan was like, you know what, I'm going to go with you, because he also if if he had like if he, if he was blinded by emotion with how Anakin is, you know, he has great ties to the Mandalorians. The the only person that he loved was the leader of Mandalore. Yeah, you know. So, well, what's interesting too about that, about what you're saying, is that yeah, we know Anakin is you know, if you were to pull Anakin Skywalker out of the fictional universe of Star Wars and bring him into real life, I mean, he would be like an incredibly, I mean, he's a, an incredibly like mentally unhealthy person, isn't he? <laughs> you know, yeah, like he is somebody who needs like years and years of therapy and medication. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, medication you know, and just one of those things that like a lot of it's all trauma well you yeah, know what i mean like it's, it's all trauma exactly. that has it's trauma turned him into what he is yeah and you know him having four streams of padme getting killed and shmi getting killed or shmi being imprisoned by the sand uh the sand raiders or sand people you know it's he's having these dreams that are, are taking a very deep effect on his his waking life you know well so, they're premonitions so right. you know they're real they all become it all becomes real and whether he like kind of made some of them happen or not i mean the kid you know like he grows up as a slave right then he gets like ripped away from his mother and forced to live a life that's like totally bizarre to anyone and really not normal and then his mom dies and then his wife dies and he has this obsession with padme that's not like a not normal, healthy yeah it's not, not healthy, healthy. Like, but... it's not normal like his infatuation with her and like you know people watch it like i watched it with my fiance i watched episode three or i watched it and she was like in the room and she's not really a star wars fan you know and she was there and she's like this guy like she's like making jokes you know and she's like this guy's abusive. <laughs> you know? She's like, he's mentally unstable. And like, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, it, it, to, to get off the, the Padme track or to kind of get off, uh, you know, Anakin as a whole and kind of tie this back in. I mean, like you said, look at how he reacts to seeing Ahsoka again, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's one of those things that I think he just, because he was taken away from his family. So, so young, you know, and then, 13, 14 years later, his mother dies in his arms. You know, he he's clinging on to anything that he has that is he can consider as a family, which which, you know, 
as I'm just saying this more, it really, really is makes that scene on Mustafar in episode three much more heartbreaking because here's a guy that was, for all intents and purposes, Anakin's brother. You know, and they're they're fighting to the death. Um, but to to go back to Clone Wars and kind of reel this back in, you know, I, I cannot stress enough that if you, for some reason, are still listening to this and haven't seen nine episode nine and ten of the new Clone Wars series, you need to go do it. Um, and just rewatch. even if you've never seen Clone Wars, you can kind of you can gather watch it. Going. Yeah, you can probably like look up a YouTube video of like who is Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, you know, and that's really all you need to know. Almost is right. who is Ahsoka Tano, right. and and how did Darth Maul survive? survive? If you like watch, probably like there's probably a five or ten minute YouTube video on those two topics, right? That you know, if you watch those, if you know who Ahsoka is and what happens to her, and you know who Darth Maul is, obviously, but how he comes back, you can watch these last few episodes, episodes. of Clone Wars right. without watching anything that came before. Like, I can't wait until these last four episodes, right? Cause 11 and 12 have yet to happen are all released. I'm hoping they release them on like the same day the DVD of siege yeah. of Mandalore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if they do like a siege of Mandalore box set, like, cause these last two episodes are half hour. And then if the 11 and 12 end up being half hour, then it's like a full movie, you know? Right. Right. You know, I hope 11 and 12 are like an hour each. But. I, I'd be surprised if they weren't. But, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that, as we talked about last night, with everything is happening within minutes of the main timeline of episode three. Um, episode three that I'm referring to is Revenge of the Sith, not episode three of the, the final season of Clone Wars. You know, it's it's all within that same timeline. And I, again, cannot stress enough how important these holes that are now being filled are mm-hmm. um yeah. you know it's it's one of those things that we are seeing how maul was brought off mandalore you know we are seeing how maul ends up in han solo in solo you know we're seeing all of these different fills we're finally really seeing not to mention not to cut you off but there is one other thing we're going to learn probably in the next two episodes about something else that we've seen very recently well, why don't we just dive into that? Where does the dark saber? How does the dark saber end up in the hands of the Empire? Right. Uh, right. We see that at the yeah. end of Mandalorian. Moff Gideon has the dark saber, and Maul was the last one to have it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this, you know, all pans out. Um, for many different reasons, there's a lot of different strings that need to be pulled and, and tied up. Um, but I think the the one thing that a lot of people are asking themselves right now is how did Ahsoka manage to escape safely? You know, she dropped both of her lightsabers. You know, that being said, Anakin dropped his lightsaber multiple times and it still ended up in Ray's hands. Um, Are you talking about the end of episode 10, how she's going to escape that? Well, how like the clones are just going to pick her up. No, no, no. I, how is she going to escape order 66? Oh, you know, and I, well, this is going to talk about your, your little, like, episode with the inhibitor chip or whatever it which is. i'm not that crazy about but <laughs> all right yeah. so you know obviously order 66 for those of you who haven't gathered if you haven't watched clone wars you obviously have seen revenge of the sith episode three uh order 66 is an order that sidious gives to the clones and that order is the order that kills all of the jedi correction 
99.9% well, turns of the, the clone war turns turns the clone troopers on the jedi exactly <laughs> which in, in a in, you know wipes out their jedi um that being said there are these outliers you know uh kanan ahsoka obi-wan yoda i'm sure there are others that i can't think of right now but the the one that has a lot of people questioning is ahsoka was last with rex rex is a clone that has been all throughout clone wars uh, how is this going to pan out? Um, so yeah, here, here's, you know, my hot take on this. The first episode of this season, uh, we were introduced to unit 99, AKA the bad batch. The bad batch are a group of clones that were an experimental unit and they were kept because they had, uh, you know, defective, uh, attributes that were desirable you know there's a couple of them that are really good with tech one of them has more or better sniping abilities than pretty much any clone that we've seen in clone wars um and they kind of do what they want you know they they fly around in a ship that's definitely not clone sanctioned uh they have the armor that is definitely not clone armor and they really don't take orders well now the inhibitor chip also you know, is one of those things that helps with clones taking orders. The reason that uh, a Camino cloner gave to fives seasons and seasons ago was that it was supposed to drop aggression; that they wouldn't carry the same aggression that Django Fett carried, who was the 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 print. You know, that's what all the clones are based on. That was the point of the inhibitor chip. That was what the reason that the Camino cloner gave to fives when he f- found out what they were. Oh, that was the lie. Right. Right. So, but that being said, all of the bad batch clones hold a significantly higher, you know, arrogance than most clones have. And they're also incredibly more aggressive than any clone that we've seen. Now, what I'm thinking here is that the Bad Batch don't actually have inhibitor chips or they, you know, like fives, taking them out. And because they're not really governed and they pretty much do what they want, that's why they're all a little bit nuts, a little bit uh, off the walls. You know, it's one of those things that I think we're going to see the Bad Batch again because now Rex holds them to a higher standard because one of his own is with them. Echo, uh, Echo is now with the Bad Batch. Um, so I definitely think that we're going to see them play a higher role in the next couple episodes with smuggling out a couple people. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see the Bad Batch again, and I hope we don't. Um, I honestly think those episodes were terrible, and uh, I really do. I mean, I was very disappointed um, with the... The, the first few episodes of of this season, I was I was surprised. I mean, I understand that they existed already. They existed for like years. So they were going to use those as the lead for this season. But I was like, oh, man, you know, this season was such a big thing for the season coming uh, show coming back after so many years. And they open with this like bad batch stuff and like. It's your typical like elite team who one guy's the tech guy. One guy is the the muscle, the leader, the muscle. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I was like, this is so lame. Like it was like a chore for me to get through those episodes. Uh, Agreed. Episode. uh, What was it for? Whenever Ahsoka comes in. That's when I was like, all right. I love the episodes with Ahsoka and the two sisters. Oh, yeah. That was really good. It showed, you know, the distrust of Jedi among normal people. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The distrust of Jedi lately amongst normal people. Um, and you know, those episodes didn't really play into siege of Mandalore. You don't have to watch them to watch these last few episodes, but that to me is when like the season started. I mean, it's like, care about these stupid bad batches so, i don't think we're ever gonna see him again i hope we don't i mean here's here's my thing on that is why would they introduce a brand new clone well not brand new they like you said they have been around for years why would they introduce this unit of clones and then bring back a standfast uh character of clone wars to have him because join the bad batch that dude you can find the bad batch arc on youtube like where it's just storyboards like that those episodes have already existed. Like everyone knew I saw those episodes years ago, but not animated. That's like it's public. But that's the thing though. It's yes, it is public, but at the same time, we've never actually seen them on a, a star Wars media before. Like in, I think it's in just, an I think it was just a filler. I think it was just like fill a filler arc that they, that they made. They didn't know that this was going to be the last season of clone wars before the clone wars show ended. And it was a filler arc. And if they knew that season seven or whatever it is, is going to be the last season of Clone Wars, I think the whole thing would have been focused around Ahsoka's return and the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah, I mean, you know what? We've got four episodes, two or three episodes to go. Uh, it's two, one of those, two episodes, two episodes to go. You know, it's, it's one of those things that... I, I I can I probably couldn't argue this to the cows come home, but I do think that we're going to see them again, or at least we're going to have some mention of them and Echo, because um, I, I gotta believe that they wouldn't just bring back. Isn't Echo dead? Is Echo? Five? No, Echo's the one that they saved. He was the one that joined the bed. Oh, 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 right. oh, oh. Now oh, do you see oh. what I'm He's saying? The one with like the. Uh... Okay, he was like he was plugged the into one, the yeah, He was the one that was giving the yeah. Who cares? I mean, like it's it's weak, but I I think I think there's something there. I got like that's just a gut feel. You might be right. I don't know. Unless I don't know. I can't see them. Like, what emotional weight are they going to carry in Order sixty? I don't think that they're going to hold much emotional weight. I just think they're going to be used as a way for Rex to get Ahsoka off of uh, or uh, that of. could be pretty interesting if they come to the rescue well yeah and i think here's what i think is going to happen is you know obviously ahsoka is now not a jedi and as i said earlier in the, the show it has been mentioned multiple times don't call me commander i'm not a jedi you know i'm just here to make sure maul is captured that's it you know and rex understands that so i think with rex having years of service by ahsoka's side when everything goes down, it's like, well, we need to get you out of here because a, you're not a Jedi. And he's gonna be able to convince the the clones that he has that she's not, but that doesn't stop the other clones that aren't or haven't been fighting by Ahsoka sides for battles upon battles. You know, yeah, so. but they've all been fighting alongside of their Jedi generals, and like, I think it's just gonna come down to Rex and Ahsoka together escaping. I think Rex is going to have to take down some, some of his own clones. Yeah. Which would be cool to see, but I, you know, I just had this gut feeling that is they're going to come back or even if just echo comes back, you know, and we just see him helping Ahsoka and Rex get off planet or get out to the outer rim or wherever. Um, but well, I guess we'll see, you know, we've got two episodes left. I'm sure there's going to be something that, 
we find out after the fact, you know, if there's another series in between this and then Rebels, you know, timeline wise, what's going to happen. But we've got we've got at least two more weeks of, of Clone Wars. We've got two episodes to see Order 66 happen. And then they're talking about like another season of Clone Wars showing Ahsoka escaping Order 66, which like I would be fine with, um, especially if Maul was in it again. And I mean, we. uh you know, we don't really know what's going to happen with him in the last two episodes here. How it's going to have to show him escaping, I would think. Oh, yeah, there's there's no way that we won't see him, you know, figuring out a way to get out or, you know, like we see. Well, we, to, we, we kind of we breezed right over the fight between Ahsoka and Maul. Oh, you mean one of single handedly the best animated fight scene in all of Clone Wars? It's like arguably one of the best lightsaber fights in Star Wars. Yeah, I honestly think it is the best lightsaber fight since the Phantom Menace came out. Well, it's funny like, that it's you so good. bring Phantom Menace back up because the martial artist, and you brought told brought this to my attention yesterday, the martial artist that portrayed Maul, Ray Park, uh, actually, Ray, mo-capped, uh, was brought in for motion, motion capture for yeah. this fight scene. Well, that's what is so, like, makes it so good is that it's not, it's not like a cartoon fight because it's two people that were motion captured fighting. And it's literally the guy who played Darth Maul doing it. It looks so good. Yeah. And it's so like real. And even the anime, we talked about the animation before how the animation is a step up from, from what it's been. And I mean, the animation of how all the characters move to begin with looks so much better. It's like less stylized. It's not cartoony. It's, this is like watching a movie. It's so good. Yeah, it, it is really, it's very well written. You know, we'll, we'll hop back to the animation in a, in a second, but it's very well written. You know, it, it, this season alone or the, the past the music music is great. You know, the, 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 I thought the music was like, I was like the John Williams composes. And I actually like waited through the credits is actually a guy. It might be the guy who does all of clone wars. I don't, I don't know, but uh, the guy's name is Kevin Kiner and like props to him because the music it's on makes, par with Williams. It, Star Wars. It's on par with John Williams. And it like makes the episodes. Like it, it really does. It, the it, suspense, like there's music playing almost through from all, beginning to yeah. end. And I like mean, the, the music that's played through Maul and, and Ahsoka's fight is phenomenal. And it, and it shows a lot of the, it even carries over to the siege of Mandalore and it just, it, it adds an entirely new level of depth. And there's uh, a lot of the music is very, like um it like boosts there's, there's a lot of like suspense like there's these two episodes have this um like over hanging feeling of like a looming um looming like destruction lo- like uh this feeling of like dread you know like this looming dread that hangs over these two episodes and the music contributes to it so much like there's the one shot um where they're about to go down to that section C or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when she's about to go find Maul, um, or um, when Maul's talking to um, crime syndicate leaders and the camera like is moving forward and there's like all these dead clone troopers on the floor. And then it like the camera pans up and then dives down into like the sewer and there's all dead clones down there. And the music is like that, like, mm, like really um, ominous, like um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost tones. like we're back like on. Tones. Yeah, the, the tones are similar to that of what we saw or what we heard on Mustafar in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, you know, you just hearing it, you know that what's coming next is not good for anyone involved. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, it's, you know, the, the, the hair on the back of your neck starts to stand up because you don't know what is about to come. You know, are we going to see, you know, the Mandalorians just kind of get wiped out in the next couple scenes. Are we going to see Ahsoka be made into a slave by Maul? You know, are we going to see Ahsoka turn or turn and then join Maul? We don't know. And it's, well, she's not going to get turned into a slave. No, by no, Maul no. Like Maul's been captured. But I think that scene where she's going, the, the camera goes down to the sewer, that the tones that were played, uh, uh, you know, well, it's pretty interesting. And like, so, predictable but you don't really think about it but it's like so predictable that maul offers her his hand oh yeah right? like of course he's gonna ask her to turn to the dark side like it's just like their move like it's just in like the sith playbook of like hey if you are ever in a place where you feel like you're screwed just find a jedi tell them the truth ask them to join the dark side and if they say no kill them yeah like yeah it's it's like it's it's just like a typical sith move you know and it's in there how interesting would it be if she would have said yes these two these two apprentices whose establishment pretty much abandoned them well here's uh, to be honest the the that split five seconds between maul asking her and her deigniting her lightsaber and you can see in her face that she thought about it. You know, what? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. I don't know if she really thought about it. It definitely stopped her in her tracks. You know, and I think if she thought about it for a little bit longer, if Maul didn't open up his mouth and she said uh, yes, what well, would have happened? She said, I'll help you, but you have to tell me what part of why you want to Skywalker, yeah. right? And right. then that like set her off. But if he lied to her about why he wanted Skywalker, Mm-hmm. Right. Just think about that for a second. If she, if he lied to her about why he wanted Skywalker and it was like, he plays a bigger role. I'm trying to inform him and made it seem like he was playing to like help Anakin. She would have bought that in a second. She might have, she, I don't you know, know. she might have, but you know, again, that that's it's pretty telling of, of Maul's character to see that he told her the truth. Valid. Uh, that's extremely valid. But again, we've got two more episodes to really uh, to, to see where this plays out and to see, you know, if either of us are, or any of us are right or if we're completely wrong and something vastly different happens, you know. But uh, yeah. And I think that about does it for today's episode. Thanks for, uh, unless Rich, do you have anything else that you want to you wanna cover or... Uh, I mean, I don't, I, there's so much in these last two episodes to cover that like, yeah. I don't think we could possibly like, we'd be here all day. I think if we tried to like, um, to really to, dive into, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, like just go find some YouTube videos about who Ahsoka is and how Darth Maul survived. And that, if that's, you that's if you you're haven't home, you're doing nothing, you're, exactly. you're doing nothing. You're in quarantine most likely, you know? So like <laughs> go and, uh, just find a video about who Ahsoka is and what happens to her in the Jedi order. <laughs> find a video on how Maul lives. And that's all you need to know about clone wars. And then watch nine and 10 right. and then come back and, uh, 
tell me that it's not like the best thing, thing to happen in Star Wars. And, and if on the flip side, if you have seen Clone Wars and you know you're pretty much up to date, rewatch nine and ten. We've got another week until the next episode comes out. I've watched them each three times. I've watched them twice. <laughs> I've watched them both twice. But uh, if you think that we're wrong, you know, if you want to tell us off and kind of really not. Uh, or not, you know, follow us. We're, at, we're not wrong. We're not wrong. We're not wrong. So how's that for you? Um, you can follow us on social media uh, at Instagram at Wampa Diaries or find us on Facebook at uh, The Wampa Diaries or at Nick's Not Creative slash Wampa Diaries. And uh, tell us off. Tell us what you think. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we will definitely be answering some questions to the best of our abilities next episodes. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We are excited to have you guys on next time. Yep. Like hearing yourself talk? Think you've got funny jokes? Have you been told you've got a face for radio? If you answered yes to any or all of these questions, maybe it's time you got your own podcast. The Not Creative Network is looking for new and captivating shows as it expands its selection of content. If interested, shoot an email to Nick at nicksnotcreative.com with your show idea and let's talk shop. 